Section two of Celebrated Travels and Travelers, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Piotr Natter. Celebrated Travels and Travelers, Volume two. Great Navigators of the Eighteenth Century by Jules Verne. First part, Chapter one, Part two. Voyages in the Eighteenth Century expedition of wood rogers adventures of alexander selkirk galapagos island puerto seguro return to england expedition of george anson staten island juan fernandez tinian macao taking of the vessel canton river results of the cruise the war of the spanish succession was at its height when some privateers of bristol determined to fit out ships to attack the spanish vessels in the pacific ocean and to devastate the coast of south america the two vessels chosen the duke and duchesse under captain rogers and courtenay were carefully equipped and stocked with everything necessary for so long a voyage the famous dampierre who had acquired a great reputation by his daring adventures and piracies did not disdain to accept the title of chief pilot and although this trip was richer in material results than in geographical discoveries the account of it contains a few curious particulars worthy of preservation the duke and duchesse set sail from the royal port of bristol on the second of april seventeen o eight to begin with we may note one interesting fact throughout the voyage a register was at the service of the crew in which all the incidents of the voyage were to be noted so that the slightest error and the most insignificant oversights could be rectified before the facts of the case faded from memory nothing of note occurred on this voyage till the twenty second of december when the falkland islands previously noticed by few navigators were discovered rogers did not land on them but contented himself by observing that the coast although less precipitous resembled that of portland all the hills he added with their well-wooded and gradually sloping sides appeared fertile and the shore is not wanting in good harbours now these islands do not possess a single tree and the good harbours as we shall presently see are anything but numerous so we can judge of the exactitude of the observations made by rogers navigators have done well not to trust to them after passing this archipelago the two vessels steered due south and penetrated as far as south latitude sixty degrees fifty-eight minutes here there was no night the cold was intense and the sea so rough that the duchesse sustained a few injuries the chief officers of the two vessels assembled in council agreeing that it would be better not to attempt to go further south and the course was changed for the west on the fifteenth of january seventeen o nine cape horn is said to have been doubled and the southern ocean entered up to this date the position of the island of juan fernandez was differently given on nearly all maps and wood rogers who intended to harbour there take in water and get a little fresh meat came upon it almost unawares on the first of february he embarked in a little boat to try and find an anchorage whilst his people were awaiting his return a large fire was noticed on shore had some spanish or french vessels cast anchor here would it be necessary to fight for the water and food required every preparation was made during the night but in the morning no ship was in sight 
conjectures were already being hazarded as to whether the enemy had retired when the end was put to all surmises by the return of the boat bringing in it a man clad in goatskins whose personal appearance was yet more savage than his garments it was a scotch mariner alexander selkirk by name who in consequence of a quarrel with the captain of his ship had been left on this desert island four years and a half before the fire which had attracted notice had been lighted by him during his stay on the island of juan fernandez selkirk had seen many vessels pass but only two both spanish had cast anchor discovered by the sailors selkirk had been fired upon and only escaped death by the agility with which he managed to climb into a tree and hide he told how he had been put ashore with his clothes his bed a pound of powder some bullets a little tobacco a hatchet a knife a kettle a bible with a few other devotional books his nautical instruments and books poor selkirk provided for his wants as best he could but during the first few months he had great difficulty in conquering the sadness and mastering the horror consequent upon his terrible loneliness he built two huts of willow which he covered with a sort of rush and lined with the skins of the goats he killed to satisfy his hunger as long as his ammunition lasted when it was likely to fail he managed to strike a light by rubbing two pieces of pimento wood together when he had quite exhausted his ammunition he caught the goats as they ran his agility had become so great by dint of constant exercise that he scoured the woods rocks and hills with a perfectly incredible speed he had sufficient proof of his skill when he went hunting with us he outran and exhausted our best hunters and an excellent dog which we had on board he easily caught the goats and brought them to us on his back he himself related to us that one day he chased his prey so eagerly to the edge of a precipice which was concealed by bushes that they rolled over and over together until they reached the bottom he lost consciousness through that fall and upon discovering that the goat lay under him quite dead after remaining where he was for twenty-four hours he with the utmost difficulty succeeded in crawling to his cabin which was about a mile distant and he was unable to walk again for six days this deserted wretch managed to season his food with the turnips sown by the crew of a ship with cabbages capsicums and allspice when his clothes and shoes were worn out a process which occupied but a short time he ingeniously constructed a new ones of goatskin sewing them together with a nail which served him as a needle when his knife was useless he constructed a new one from the cask hoops he found on the shore he had so far lost the use of speech but he could only make himself understood by an effort rogers took him on board and appointed him boatswain's mate selkirk was not the first sailor abandoned upon the island of juan fernandez it may be remembered that dampier had already rescued an unfortunate mosquito man who was abandoned from sixteen eighty one to sixteen eighty four sharp and other buccaneers have related that the sole survivor of a crew of a vessel wrecked on this coast lived there for five years until he was rescued by another ship Saint-Anne, in his recent novel alone has detailed circuit's adventures upon the fourteenth of february the duke and duchesse left juan fernandez and commenced their operations against the spaniards rogers seized guayaquil for which he obtained a large ransom and captured several vessels which however provided him with more prisoners than money this part of his voyage concerns us but little 
and a few particulars only are interesting as for instance his mention of a monkey in the gorgus island who was so lazy that he was nicknamed the sluggard and of the inhabitants of tecames who repulsed the newcomers with poisoned arrows and guns he also speaks of the galapagos island situated two degrees of northern latitude according to rogers this cluster of islands was numerous but out of them all one only provided fresh water turtle doves existed there in great quantities and tortoises and sea turtles of an extraordinary size abounded thence the name given by the spaniards to this group sea dogs also were common one of them had the temerity to attack rogers i was walking along the shore he says when it left the water his jaws gaping as quickly and ferociously as a dog escaping from his chain three times he attacked me i plunged my pike into his breast and each time i inflicted such a wound that he fled howling horribly finally turning towards me he stopped to growl and show his fangs scarcely twenty-four hours earlier one of my crew had narrowly escaped being devoured by a monster of the same family in december rogers repaired to puerto seguro upon the californian coast with a manila galleon which he had seized many of his men penetrated to the interior he found large forest trees but not the slightest appearance of culture although smoke indicated the existence of inhabitants the inhabitants according to albi Presort's history of voyages were straight-built and powerful blacker than any indian tribe hitherto met with in the pacific ocean seas they had long black hair plaited which reached below the waist all the men went about naked but the women wore a garment either composed of leaves or of stuff made from them and sometimes the skins of beasts and birds occasionally they wore necklaces and bracelets made of bits of wood or shells others adorned their necks with small red berries and pearls evidently they did not know how to pierce holes in them for they notched them and joined them by a thread they valued these ornaments so highly that they refused to change them for english necklaces of glass their chief anxiety was to obtain knives and useful implements the duke and duchesse left porto seguro on the twelfth of january seventeen ten and reached the island of guaham of the marians in the course of two months here they revictualled and passing by the straits of bhutan and selayer reached batavia after a necessary delay at the latter place and at the cape of good hope rogers cast anchor in the downs upon the first of october in spite of rogers reticence with regard to the immense riches he brought with him a good idea of their extent may be gathered from the account of ingots vessels of silver and gold and pearls with which he delighted the ship owners we now come to our account of admiral anson's voyage which almost belongs to the category of naval warfare but with it we may close the list of piratical expeditions which dishonoured the victors without ruining the vanquished and if he brought no new acquisitions to geography his account teems with judicious observations and interesting remarks about the country then little known the merit of them however if we are to believe nichols's literary anecdotes rests rather with benjamin robbins than as the title would appear to indicate with the chaplain of the expedition richard walter george anson was born at staffordshire in sixteen ninety seven a sailor from his childhood he early brought himself into notice he was already well known as a clever and fortunate captain when in seventeen thirty nine he was offered the command of a squadron 
it consisted of the centurion sixty guns the gloucester and severe each fifty guns the pearl forty guns the wager twenty-eight guns to it were attached also the sloop trial and two transports carrying food and ammunition in addition to the crew of one thousand four hundred and sixty a reinforcement of four hundred and seventy marines was added to the fleet leaving england on the eighteenth of september seventeen forty the expedition proceeded by way of madeira past the island of st catherine along the brazilian coast by st julian harbour and finally crossed the strait of lemer terrible said the narrative as the aspect of tierra del fuego may be that of staten island is more horrible still it consists of a series of inaccessible rocks crowned with sharp points prodigiously high they are covered with eternal snow and etched with precipices in short it is impossible to conceive anything more deserted and more wild than this region scarcely had the last vessels of the squadron filed through the strait than a series of heavy gales squalls and storms caused the oldest sailors to vow that all they had hitherto known of tempests were nothing in comparison this fearful experience lasted seven weeks without intermission it is needless to state that the vessels sustained great damage that many men were swept away by the waves numbers destroyed by illnesses occasioned by the exposure to constant damp and want of sufficient nourishment two of the vessels the severe and the pearl were engulfed and four others were lost sight of anson was unable to reach valdivia the rendezvous he had selected in case of separation carried far to the north he could only arrest his course at juan fernandez which he reached upon the ninth of june the centurion had the greatest need of rest she had lost eighty of her crew her supply of water had failed and the sailors were so weakened by scurvy that ten only of the remaining number were available for the watch the other vessels in an equally bad plight were not long in regaining her the first care was to restore the exhausted crews and to repair the worst injuries sustained by the vessels anson sent the sick on shore and installed them in a sheltered hospital in the open air then putting himself at the head of the most enterprising sailors he scoured the entire island and thoroughly examined its roads and shores the best anchorage according to his report was in cumberland bay the south-eastern portion of juan fernandez a little island scarcely five leagues by two in extent is dry rocky treeless the ground lies low and is level in comparison with the northern portion it produces watercresses purslins sorrels turnips and sicilian radishes in abundance as well as oats and clover anson sowed carrots and lettuces and planted plums apricots and peaches he soon discovered that the number of goats left by the buccaneers and which had multiplied marvellously had since decreased the spaniards eager to deprive their enemies of their valuable resource had let loose a quantity of famished dogs upon the island who chased the goats and devoured so many of them that at the time of anson's visit scarcely two hundred remained the commodore for so anson is always called in the narrative of this voyage reconnoitred the island of mas afuego which is only twenty-five leagues west of juan fernandez smaller than the latter it is more wooded better watered and possessed more goats 
at the beginning of december the crews were sufficiently recovered for anson to put into execution his projected attack upon the spaniards he commenced by seizing several ships laden with precious merchandise and ingots and then set fire to the city of paita upon this occasion the spaniards estimated their loss at one and a half million piastres anson then proceeded to kibo bay near panama to lie in wait for the galleon which every year transported the treasure of the philippine islands to acapulco then although the english met with no inhabitants in the miserable huts they found heaps of shells and beautiful mother-of-pearl left there during the summer months by the fishermen of panama in mentioning the resources of this place we must not omit the immense turtles which usually weighted two hundred pounds and which were caught in a singular manner when a shoal of them were seen floating asleep upon the surface of the ocean a good swimmer would plunge in a few fathoms deep and rising seize the turtle towards the tail and endeavour to force it down upon awakening the creature's struggles to free itself suffice to support both the man and his prey until the arrival of a boat to receive them both after a fruitless cruise anson determined to burn three of the spanish vessels which he had seized and equipped distributing the crews and cargo upon the centurion and the gloucester the only two vessels remaining to him he decided upon the sixth of may seventeen forty two to make for china where he hoped to find reinforcements and supplies but this voyage which he expected to accomplish in sixty days took him fully four months after a violent gale the gloucester having all but foundered and her crew being too reduced to work her was burned her cargo of silver and her supplies were transshipped to the centurion which alone remained of all that magnificent fleet which two years earlier had set sail from england thrown out of his course far to the north anson discovered on the twenty sixth of august the isles of atanacan and serigan and the following day those of saipan tinian and agnigan which form a part of the marian archipelago a spaniard a sergeant whom he captured in a small bark in these seas told him that the island of tinian was inhabited and abounded with cattle fowls and excellent fruits such as oranges lemons limes breadfruit etc nowhere could the centurion have found a more welcome port for her exhausted crew now numbering only seventy-one men worn out by privations and illness the only survivors of the two thousand sailors who had manned the fleet at its departure the soil of this island says the narrative is dry and somewhat sandy which makes the verdure of the meadows and woods more delicate and more uniform than is usually the case in tropical climates the ground rises gently from the english encampment to the centre of the isle but before its greatest height is reached one meets with sloping glade covered with fine clover and many brilliant flowers and bordered by beautiful fruit trees the animals who for the greater part of the year are the only lords of this beautiful retreat add to its romantic charm and contribute not a little to its marvellous appearance thousands of cattle may be seen grazing together in a vast meadow and the sight is the more singular as the animals are all of a milk-white colour with the exception of their ears which are generally black although it is a desert island the sight and sound of such a number of domestic animals rushing in crowds through the woods suggests the idea of farmhouses and villages truly an enchanting description 
but has not the author rather drawn upon his own imagination for the charming details of his description after so long a voyage after so many storms it is little to be wondered at if the verdant woods the exuberant vegetation and the abundance of animal life profoundly impressed the minds of anson's companions well we shall soon learn whether his successors at tinian found it as wonderful as he did meanwhile anson was not altogether free from anxiety it was true that his ships were repaired but many of his men remained on land to recover their strength and but a small number of able-bodied seamen remained on board with him the roadstead being lined with coral great precautions were necessary to save the cables from being cut but in spite of them at new moon a sudden tempest arose and broke the ship loose the anchors held well but the hawsers gave way and the centurion was carried out to sea the thunder growled ceaselessly and the rain fell with such violence that the signals of distress which were given by the crew were not even heard anson most of his officers and a large part of the crew numbering one hundred and thirteen persons remained on land and found themselves deprived of the only means they possessed of leaving tinian their despair was great their consternation inexpressible but anson with his energy and endless resources soon roused his companions from their despair one vessel that which they had captured from the spaniards still remained to them and it occurred to them to lengthen it until it could contain them all with the necessary provisions for a voyage to china however after nineteen days the centurion returned and the english embarking in her upon the twenty first of october were not long in reaching macao putting into a friendly and civilized port for the first time since their departure from england two years before macao says anson formerly rich well populated and capable of self-defense against the chinese government is greatly shorn of its ancient splendor although still inhabited by the portuguese and ruled by a governor nominated by the king of portugal it is at the mercy of the chinese who can starve the inhabitants or take possession of it for which reasons the portuguese governor is very careful not to offend them anson was forced to write an imperious letter to the chinese governor before he could obtain permission to buy even at high prices the provisions and stores he required he then publicly announced his intention of leaving for batavia and set sail on the nineteenth of april seventeen forty three but instead of steering for the dutch possession he directed his course towards the philippine islands where for several days he awaited the arrival of the galleon returning from acapulco laden with the proceeds of the sale of her rich cargo these vessels usually carried forty-two guns and were manned by a crew of over five hundred men anson had only two hundred sailors of whom thirty were but lads but this disproportion did not deter him for he had the expectation of rich booty and the cupidity of his men was sufficient guarantee of their courage why asked anson one day of his steward why do you no longer give us mutton for dinner have we eaten all the sheep we bought in china pray excuse me commodore replied the steward but i am reserving the only two which remain for the captain of the galleon no one not even the steward doubted of success anson well understood how to secure it and the efficiency of his men compensated for their reduced numbers the struggle was hot the straw mats which filled the rigging of the galleon took fire and the flames rose as high as the mizzenmast the spaniards found the double enemies too much 
after a sharp contest of two hours during which sixty-seven of their men were killed and eighty-four wounded they surrendered it was a rich prize one million three hundred and thirteen thousand eight hundred and forty-two pieces of gold and thirty-five thousand six hundred and eighty-two ounces of ingot silver with other merchandise of little value in comparison with the money the booty added to others amounted to nearly four hundred thousand livres without taking into account the vessels goods etc of the spaniards which the english squadron had burned or destroyed and which could not be reckoned at less than six hundred thousand livres anson convoyed his prize to the canton river where he sold it much below its value for six thousand piastres he left on the tenth of december and reached spithead on the fifteenth of june seventeen forty four after an absence of three years and nine months he made a triumphal entry into london the half million of money which was the result of his numerous prizes was conveyed through the city in thirty-two chariots to the sound of trumpets and beating of drums and amidst the shouts of the people the money was divided between himself his officers and men the king himself could not claim a share anson was created rear admiral shortly after his return and received important commands in seventeen forty seven he captured the marquis de la jonquiere tafanel after an heroic struggle for this exploit he was made first lord of the admiralty and admiral in seventeen fifty eight he covered the attempted descent of the english near st malo and died in london a short time after his return End of section 2